Hey, hop in, man. Hey, man, he's car. You know Wooderson? Oh. How's it going, man? Hey. Pretty good. How's it going with you? Say, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> what the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. And welcome in, everybody. Happy 420 Day, the best month of the year, continuing to roll along with an absolutely gorgeous week in the third full week of April. It is Earth Day this weekend. It is Record Store Day this weekend. And, of course, it is the hallowed 420 Thursday. Thank you for finding the Stone on Air podcast. Today's show filled up with a lot of talk about weed, I guess. Why the hell not? That and this other drug I want to tell you about that I learned about in treatment that I learned more about over the last couple of days and a few things here on the front end. In the second segment of the show, joining me shortly, I'm actually doing the show early today. It's very, very early on uh, Wednesday record day, and I'll have Dwayne Madden from the Hemp House will be joining me in the second segment of the show. Partially a little bit of a commercial for this weekend that I didn't know anything about. I didn't know he was doing it. I just reached out because I know he is the most informed person when it comes to the cannabis in- industry that I know. and. I know a lot of people smoke weed, right? But I don't necessarily know a lot of experts about the hemp and cannabis industry. And primarily, I want to talk to him about this Delta 8 stuff, which isn't new. I know it's not, but I still don't know a whole lot about it. And anybody who's here regularly knows about my 20-minute story of uh, how I kind of lost my mind on Delta 8 at the Pearl Jam show last year back in September if I am remembering correctly time flies and I got a thing to do with whether you're having any fun or not but uh, so that'll be in the second segment of the show and in the final segment of the show it is technically a story that maybe I shouldn't tell but it's not good really sh- it shouldn't be called that it should be called a story that I absolutely should tell and the difference in this case is that it's not a dear diary entry uh, that I made over the course of the 21 days that I was in treatment. This is um, notes that I took to myself while I was there after a sales pitch from a pharmaceutical rep and then a little bit more research that I've done in the last week. This drug that is to um, to help with addiction, <clears throat> at least that's what the claims are, and uh, all of that coming up <clears throat> Excuse me, in the third segment of the show. Sorry, I'm a little out of sorts here. It's like bright sunshine daylight out normally i'm doing this at night and so I'm, my cat's like distracting me um let's see so yeah earth days this weekend not really sure what's going on locally but i'm sure there is plenty of things this is a loaded weekend it looks like saturday the weather is not going to be perfect by any stretch maybe not even good at all 
But Sunday looks to be cool and sunny. Uh, Friday as well, just dodge the raindrops. Plenty of things going on this weekend. I don't have time to run them down. I didn't even look them up. I just know that this is a, a loaded weekend. Record store day, if you celebrate, is officially on Sunday. I will be looking for, and I'm I'm not going to put a ton of effort into it, but I, I do want to see if I can track down the Pearl Jam's exclusive release called Giveaway. It's the 25th anniversary of the album Yield. Little quick factoid that in um, many countries in uh, Europe, I don't know which one specifically, their yield signs are called giveaway signs. And so this record is called Giveaway. I think it's an Australian performance live record and then the um, the yield album itself. If I can find it for a reasonable price, meaning 25, 30 bucks, I'll try Yellow Jacket. Is that what it's called? No, Yellow Racket. Sorry, I'll try them. Maybe I'll try for the record out in Hickson. If I can find it, I would like to own it. If I don't, that's fine, too. I technically collect vinyl, but not like an actual vinyl collector, not like a real true um, audiophile does. I'm not quite like that, but I did just get my new receiver in the garage, and my record player is working beautifully, so I'd love to have some new vinyl to spin the black circle coming up this weekend. Uh, speaking locally here, I saw this on, I guess it was my Instagram probably, Hoff Sauce. Have you had this stuff? The hot sauce locally made. I don't remember the dude's name. Uh, I guess Hoff is in his name. I can't remember. I've talked to him before. I've bought it for people for Christmas gifts before, but I can't remember if I've ever tried it or not. But this stuff is now uh, being sold certainly regionally, but maybe even across the country by now. They have sold over a million bottles of Hoff sauce. So quite the cool um, local success story there. Before I continue on with news and notes here in the open, I do have four pieces of audio for you today as I just stumbled on one more I wanted to do. I've got the, and I don't even remember what I called them all here, uh, the pretty cool thing, the real thing for many, the coolest thing, and the worst idea. We'll get to all that here in just about seven or eight minutes from right now as I have a little commentary on the worst idea. Uh, but I finally canceled Amazon. I've been talking about it since the end of last year. I bought a few things here recently to just, you know, the, the essentials around the house that were at a reasonable price to kind of get my last purchases out of the way of Amazon as the uh, my renewal date is next week. And I've officially made the uh, cancellation just uh, in the last day or two. And for many, this is a great perk. It's a great service. It's a great thing to have in your life. For me, it's a complete waste of money and a complete waste of time. First of all, I've gone over it before. Amazon prices are nowhere near the cheapest prices you're going to get things. As a matter of fact, I'm finding them to be often some of the most expensive items that you can purchase. It's just the ease and the simplicity and the convenience of it that make people not even hardly pay attention to price because they think they're getting a good deal on the quote-unquote free shipping. And when you pay $100 and almost $50 a year and you have metrics like this, for me, in the past 12 days, I've had one package shipped, zero movies or TV shows watched, and zero songs listened to on Amazon Music Prime. In the last, uh, this was in the last 12 months, I've had seven packages shipped for free, quote unquote, with Prime Delivery. That was before the last packages I just got sent. So it's probably more like 13 now. I have watched three movies and TV shows 
on Prime Video in the last 12 months. And I have watched, or listened to, I should say, zero songs on Amazon Music Prime. Is that worth nearly 150 bucks a, a month to you? It's not to me. The three movies, I'm trying to even remember what they are. I know I watched the, no, the Isabel doc was on HBO. I don't even know what it was. I went to go try to watch a a, a comedy show from Brent Taroon. I use his audio on here a lot. The Flat Earth guy. It said, Amazon, showing Brett Taroon stand-up. And I went to it, and oh yeah, you can get it if you buy it. It's like, God damn it, Amazon. I'm already giving you money, and now I have to continue to purchase things at a high price. I'm officially done with Amazon, and I am happy and proud to do it. Speaking of a very convenient and lucrative and game-changing industry like Amazon, Netflix, who knew? Who knew this? Netflix announced yesterday that it was going to stop mailing DVDs permanently. Did you have any clue, any idea, or would you have ever guessed in a million years that they still had the DVD rentals? I mean, the red boxes are still out at all the grocery stores. I'm guessing that's just because the poor schmucks that got talked into purchasing that entrepreneurial venture uh, just haven't come and picked up those boxes because they're useless and nobody wants them. But it, as of just yesterday, you could still get DVDs uh, delivered to you in the mail, and that is officially over with. A couple of quick uh, little factoids about Netflix. The very first DVD ever sent out when the, when the uh, uh, service was launched 25 years ago was Beetlejuice in 1998, and the most frequently requested DVD was The Blind Side. And so there you go. At, as of... Just this past year, they were still getting $145 million a year in the DVD service. 1.1 million people in the last year and $145 million worth of revenue in just getting the dumb DVD sent. I mean, I guess these are still the people who sit around and listen to KZ 106 and US, uh, you know, Wussy 101 every, every day for their music choices. I mean, I guess there are still dullards and simpletons that don't know how to get their products or their information or their music or their entertainment in any way that most of the rest of us have officially finally um, now, even me. If you got me moved away from Compact This and now pay Spotify monthly and happy to do it, you know you've lost everybody from that kind of uh, th- those kinds of services. Uh, shooting in Alabama at a birthday party. So I guess now the crying, the rallying cry is arm all parties. Oh, everybody would have been safe if everybody at the party would have had a gun, right? And I made that same kind of uh, snarky comment about the bank last week. And uh, on TikTok, I got a lot of pushback from people saying the bank in Louisville was not armed there was no armed guard there i don't know if that's true or not i don't have enough time to argue or try to fact check or care about what a bunch of numb nuts on tiktok are saying but i did like to get the um the the interaction and a lot of likes and views because tiktok is the king of all social media on all the other social medias i barely even got a wink barely even got a blink at uh at the content so i don't know if there was an armed guard there or not but, uh, hey, I guess there should have been. There should have been many more, and there should be guns everywhere. Everybody have a gun. Everybody have a gun. Um, I was looking at my Amex bill, speaking of spending money and too much of it, 
And I thought, man, this is a little high. I mean, I, I for almost a month, I didn't spend money on anything. What is all this? And I saw on the itemized line, Noel Gallagher. And I thought, I know Noel's playing a couple of shows. I already have somebody who's offered to, to give me tickets. I'm going to the Nashville show in June. But I didn't purchase any. Did I? Where, when did I? What the hell? And so I looked, and then I followed the links to find out what the purchase was. And on February 19th, I bought two tickets to the Noel Gallagher show. Of course, the Oasis main lead or main songwriter and uh, sometimes lead singer and lead guitar player. Um, I bought two tickets the day before I went into to rehab. So I must have got bomb drunk and said, damn it, I'm going away for a while. I'm going to go see Noel and I'm buying the tickets now, damn it, because I have zero Zero recollection of that purchase. And so they're like $165 in the 300 section. They're not even that good at tickets. 165 bucks for a pair. I put them on the marketplace to resell them through Ticketmaster, the crooked uh, secondary market that is owned by Ticketmaster now, how that's legal. Well, I know how it's legal because antitrust is not a thing anymore. But it, 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 this is even more of a scam. They won't let you sell the tickets for less than you purchased. They actually made you uh, uh, resale, post the tickets for more than you purchased. Now, I understand why that's not sold out, so they don't want you undercutting them. But just even more of a scam is Ticketmaster. It's the, it's the onion that the more you peel it, the worse it gets. So I might throw it on SeatGeek and just try to get rid of them for 100 bucks. see what happens. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get around to feeling like doing that or not. Fox News continues to prove how big of a bunch of uh, liars and made-up fake news they are with the settlement in the uh, Dominion case. You've probably heard of that by now. Coming up this weekend, this is going to be really cool. I can't wait to give this thing a look on Sunday. The Chattanooga Vintage Market, the first one gathering. This is the first annual. Hopefully, it'll be every year at Coolidge Park. And uh, the weather's going to be nice. And I don't know how big it'll be or how cool it'll be, but I'm a big fan of the resale market world and the Chattanooga Vintage Market. I think that's what exactly what it's called. I just jotted it down in handwriting here to remember to throw that out there to you. And um, I guess that'll all do that. All that will have to work for right now. Let's transition into three, no, excuse me, four pieces of audio to wind up the open segment here. This is today's, I'm calling it, pretty cool thing. It is the Family Feud. And uh, what's that dude's name? Uh, Steve Harvey, who hosts it. Guys, here we go. We've got the top six answers are on the board. Name something that gets passed around. Oh Chris. A joint. A joint? <laughs> Can I leave? Yeah. 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 Now, Chris, I don't know what hundred people you thought we were talking to at some <laughs> nice little mall across good old America. But I'm pretty sure the people didn't tell the survey people, hey, an illegal drug. We'll see about that. Let's turn around and see how many weed heads are out there with Chris. A joint. Hey. This is when you know we're going to hell. I love it. Happy 420. This is, uh, speaking of weed and doing it every day, I'm calling it this, this is a real thing for many thing. 
kind of having to stretch on the titles here. This is Seth Rogen, the actor, talking to somebody on a podcast. He smokes weed every single day. I smoke weed all day. All day, every day? <laughs> yeah. Today? Oh, yeah. After every this? day? Yes, I smoke weed all day, every single day since I was 20 years old, maybe, something like that. 20. Yeah. And I've been very productive in that time. <laughs> clearly, clearly, that's what I've been missing. <laughs> I equate it to shoes or glasses. Are shoes like a crutch we use? Or are they a thing that we have culturally decided make our lives easier and better? You know, that is exactly how weed is to me. Could I not wear shoes? Probably. Could I not smoke weed? Probably. Would I just much rather smoke weed all day? Yes. That is how I view it. It only makes my journey through this life more comfortable, palatable, easier to process, to manifest the things that I want to do. There's nothing more um, refreshing in life than brutal honesty, and that's what I try to bring to this podcast as much as possible, and I love to hear that from somebody because it's so real. It's so true. So many people smoke weed every day, all day, and you'd have no idea. If I'm smoking weed, which I only do in the confines of my, really right here at my desk at my house, generally speaking, if I'm in public or if I'm at a table or if I'm somewhere, anywhere where there's other people and I'm stoned of just smoking some grass, everybody at the table, everybody in the room is going to know because I am so visibly just blitzed. And for some people, it's just a way of life. And it's just how I used to be drinking. I would be quite literally intoxicated virtually every minute of my life. And some people might have thought that was weird and uh, difficult to pull off while I thought it was just, it's just normal. It's just what I do. This is today's coolest thing. This is the Grateful Dead in 1983 talking about their music at that time and the longevity of it to that point and to into the future. This is Jerry, Bobby, and Mickey, today's coolest thing. The whole thing is being able to stay interested, you know. The music business has never really taken us very seriously, which is just as well. We went for it. I mean, we tried to sell out. No one was buying and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's not going to happen. How old are you, Mickey? I'm 40. You figure you'll be a rock and roll band player at 50? As long as I can breathe and as long as we can play together and have fun, we'll grow old with the music and music will grow old with us. And uh, there's no reason why you can't play until you drop, you know, and... Uh, that would be a good way of going. You know, I'd rather do that than, uh, than dropping in front of a TV drinking beer or something, you know? Uh, anyway, this music is medicine, and it makes me young. Feels good, real good. We'll do it until they drag us away. <laughs> I mean, it's so true. If you don't have the actual drug you need, the music itself is often uh, alone a drug, but uh, certainly at a dead show, you can... Mix them all together if you need be. And the final one here is I'm running late as always. The worst idea. It's almost a folklore joke at the Bonnaroo campsite, the Camp Nut Butter, with so many different people that come and go, and it's kind of fallen off the last couple of years. But this joke that I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I'll explain a little bit more on the other side, but this is today's worst idea. Think of a guy playing this song, and the whole half, you know, as it goes along, he starts to, you know that look you make when you make it, you, you smell something bad, or you hear something weird, and you go, what, huh, huh, and your face scrunches up? Well, those are the faces he's making as this the worst idea is what every stupid Red Hot Chili Peppers song sounds like. 
I know where you're from. A California, stuck in Arizona. Said I like to get the phone, yeah. A lone clone, homegrown from Alabama. Wonder by supper with an Arkansas stammer. Every single song I name a city or a place. Then Every I single song I name a city or a place. Hip hop, blip, blop, blip, blop. Hip hop, blip, flop. Beetlejuice, baby, Colorado. Got a green Beetlejuice, baby, Colorado. And of course, Ariana Grande is her name, but in this sense, change it to Ariana Grande to rhyme in the stupid song like this dumb band does so often. And I don't know where it started, but somebody said they saw me in the media tent where they have a big screen that plays the main stage acts with some decent sized speakers and you can hear it and saw me lip syncing into a beer bottle, dancing and jamming out to the Red Hot Chili Peppers one Saturday night at Bonnaroo. I don't believe this happened. I don't think it's true, but it's turned into this folklore-ish joke of, oh, yeah, my too bad Chili Peppers aren't here because Brian loves them so much. And I don't like the Chili Peppers. I never have. And that joke has pissed me off so much over the years. Not really, but kidding, not kidding. That I've almost doubled and tripled down on how stupid that band is and how bad I hate it. Unless it was Breaking the Girl, Soul to Squeeze, Californication, or maybe one or two other songs. Outside of that, four decades of Red Hot Chili Peppers music can go pound sand and go away. I was not dancing and singing into a beer bottle, jamming out to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Was I within 25 feet intoxicated and maybe looking like a fool? Probably. But for the record, right here on the Stone on Air podcast, I don't like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Just listen to this stupid ass song. Coming up next, the marijuana theme continues in today's show with my guest, Dwayne Madden, the owner of the Hemp House. And yes, we've all heard of this Delta 8. It is legal through what appears to be some kind of loophole. But what exactly is it? And if marijuana was recreationally legal, would Delta 8 still be a thing? I'll ask Dwayne that, plus find out about the uh, the big 420 party this weekend coming up next. Listen to this stupid stupid show. Stone on air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. Well, Tennesseans can get high from a product on the shelves of countless vape and smoke shops across the state of Tennessee. Delta 8 is in shops across Tennessee, and it can get you high. As of right now, this is all legal to sell and consume in the state of Tennessee. On paper, Delta 8 is less concentrated with THC than your everyday marijuana found on the streets or in other states. Legally, Delta 8 must be less than 0.03% THC. Customers like Delta 8, but state lawmaker Gloria Johnson doesn't even though she wants to legalize marijuana. Things like this are going to pop up because we're not willing to do the hard work to sit down and talk about this reform and how we go about legalization. Johnson works to garner bipartisan support for legalization. Farmers support it. We need a new cash crop. Our neighbors are all doing it. What's the problem with Tennessee? Good question. Don't step on the grass, Sam. Government Mule's version of the Steppenwolf classic. Sam, we'll your sons and daughters. 
Don't be such a... Oh, you're so full of... Wow! The disagree with me. You've already lost a fight. All right. Happy 420. So I could sit here and start talking about CBD and marijuana and legal this and legal that and state to here and recreational and medical. I could do all those things. Or I could go to the Stone on Air newsmaker line and bring on somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Uh, Dwayne Madden, the owner of Hemp House, a fellow spreadhead and deadhead. Happy 420, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing great, Brian. Good to hear from you. And happy 420. Yeah, it's been some time at the old uh, station. We'd uh, chit-chat every now and again. And I figured what better day to talk a little hemp, a little cannabis, than on uh, 420 on a gorgeous Thursday uh, afternoon. Before we get to uh, just any random things to chit-chat about, I didn't know about this weekend. I'm happy to be able to get you on to talk about it. A radio station that will not be named will be on hand with you guys. Uh, but a big party at the new location. You've, you've moved in Hickson. Uh, tell me about that, man. Yeah, so we started in Hickson a few months back. Uh, with A friend of mine had a building and asked me if I wanted to come there and just kind of test the location. Uh, we got an overwhelming response from the entire community, and we just needed to move into a spot that was more accessible uh, for our customers to find us and get to us. So you still have the East Ridge uh, location, I know, because I drive by it regularly. Are you in Udawah? Am I right? Yep, we have Udawah. We still have our original North Shore store, uh, East Ridge and Udawah, now Hickson. Damn, four locations. How do you juggle that, man? Uh, it's hard. I got a great wife that helps me out a whole lot. You do have a great wife. Casey is a very, very patient woman. One thing I wanted to talk to you about real quick that I was finding trouble myself as I was trying to put together things for the show today. I re- I noticed the on your Facebook, uh, one of your last posts, you mentioned that you were having a lot of uh, your posts being pulled down because of yep. guidelines. What did you find out? What were you posting, first of all? I'm guessing it was just things for the hemp house. You can you know, explain that. And what was, the, what was the situation with Facebook pulling your content down? So we've kind of always been flagged with our business. Back in 2018, they took our original page down. We had 7,000 followers. We, did, we only have 1,000 now. Uh, we had to restart over from scratch and could not get the original back up at all. They had us for violating uh, community standards, which is uh, basically said selling drugs. And so hemp is now federally legal, so we are not selling any kind of drug or anything like that at all. It just, uh, they're just, they pick and choose. I see ads all the time from different uh, vendors that are selling the same thing that I do, that, and they get to they get to post theirs with no problem. Um, and so I decided if I my business page keeps getting flagged, I would post it on my personal page, um, but that didn't work. So I posted it on my personal page, and I got a 30-day restriction. So in 2018, I guess I get it a little bit because many states are still transitioning laws are different maybe you know the algorithm is a little out of whack but in 2023 how many states are legal record recreationally now like 15 or so to 20 yeah something like that i mean it's definitely over it's over half i believe and so you're you were getting flagged for the the hemp house page just as a business page you're saying absolutely all legal products sold in our state nationwide and then once you put it on your personal they got you there too yeah, I used to be able to post all kind of plants and stuff on my personal page without any kind of issues at all. And I guess, you know, they've got linked together now. Not new to the market at all. Delta 8. 
but I, uh-huh. I've been wanting to talk to you about this for a long time without getting too scientific and without getting too agriculturally jargon filled. What exactly is Delta eight? So Delta eight is a cannabinoid found in cannabis, just like CBD Delta nine. It's not found in an abundance amount. So what they've done is they figured out a way, a formula to synthesize the CBD to create the THC Delta 8 molecule. It's not synthetic. They're not creating it from scratch or from uh, research chemicals. It's actually in the plant. They're just um, synthesizing the CBD to get it. So there was some kind of farm bill in 2018 or so that let this comes from a, a hemp source, I guess. Yes, it has to. It has to be derived and come from hemp and CBD plants. Absolutely. So it's not like some kind of Frankenstein or some kind of like playing God with plants or Frankenbud kind of thing. It it actually is basically the same thing, just with a little different small print, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It's just science. Um, you take a couple of molecules from one and put it in another one, and you've got a whole different plant or a different cannabinoid. And so, uh, you know, these guys that Google said they're very smart, um, and so they figured this out. And um, they figured out a little loophole pretty recently to allow us to sell Delta 9 products. And the Delta 9 products are what you would get in Colorado, California, and legal states. Okay, so can you give me a simple definition of the difference between the Delta 8 and Delta 9 just from a consumer uh, standpoint? Yes, yeah, so the Delta 8 is not found in abundance, so we have to kind of create it with the CBD. Delta 9 is available in abundance, and so we don't have to do anything to it. It's like more naturally occurring. Um, Delta 9 is heavily regulated by the state and the government. At this time, Delta 8 is not regulated by the government. So let's just get plain and simple and just use stupid uh, layman's terms here. Does the stuff get you high? Oh, yes, it does, my friend. Absolutely. <laughs> See, well, I asked that. I already know. It's one of those I already know the answer to the question I'm asking. Um, I had a, a, a incident, I'm going to call it, uh, in Nashville. It was from a, uh, I bought it in, in you know, legally, Delta 8, whatever it was, in a Nashville head shop. And I didn't have a great experience with it. And I've read some others not, you know, just across the country. You're always going to have issues and no matter what it is in any industry. Um, have you had any complaints maybe of, of, of high dosage kind of? Um, I mean, I don't maybe mean complaint as much as just feedback as to how powerful that some of these products can be that at least Absolutely. I've run into. And so I've heard some others talk about as well. Absolutely. So, um, believe it or not, our customer base is 50, 55 plus. Um, and they come in with a lot of questions, which is great for us. And so we always advise them to start slow, um, cut. If you're doing a gummy, cut it in force and eat half of that force. We tell everybody you can always take more. You can never take less. Yeah. Uh, that seems to, to kind of keep them, you know, where they understand that. But we've definitely had some that came in and said, I ignored what you said. And, oh, my gosh. You know, and, uh, <laughs> having some uh, really intense stuff. And so THC in high concentrations can actually induce paranoia and cause some really bad effects. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I've experienced that firsthand. That kind of leads me to a question I was going to ask later. I'll go into it now. So from your, I know from you as a, as, as a personal friend and how you treat and handle this product and this business, but as far as from a, um, an industry model, do you see that people or your employees or other people in the industry take this seriously to explain to people what it is they're getting? Because I feel like I had a lack of that at one of the stores that I was purchasing in, in Nashville. And I think that I, I couldn't quite figure it out. Maybe I was asking the wrong questions, but I was 
I was like, dude, what does this stuff do? And I didn't feel like I got a very good answer. Is that something you guys really make a strong point for? We actually do. We have customers that come in all the time that have visited other shops, either out of town or locally, and they immediately tell us they didn't get the education that we're giving them and providing for them. And that's very important to us because we don't want anybody to have a bad experience. Cannabis can be good and can be good for everybody, but you have to be able to do it right and know where your levels are. Yeah, I got a package of some gummies and, and, and really regular, just as I would just call it, regular THC gummies similar concept i mean they're gonna creep on you it's gonna take a few minutes to kick in you don't want to overdo it because you mentioned you can't go backwards um i was talking to this guy and i maybe again maybe i said the wrong things but i was like damn it man i was going to pearl jam show and i just wanted to get high and i didn't want to carry any you know bud flower you know grass with me right and i thought no way this stuff's that strong i took two of those damn things oh yeah two (laughs) my mind was in outer space forever for hours and i thought did i do something wrong did this guy sell me a defective product uh are there different levels of intensity on these products or are they all similar so with the delta eight again it's it's not regulated and so you can go and get a the average 25 milligram gummy or you can go anywhere else and get a hundred milligram gummy and if you don't know that that's a huge difference then yeah you're gonna you're gonna experience a, a big difference there than say the person who cut the 25 milligram in half so and you can also smoke this delta eight just as you would a regular um roll up a a, a joint for lack of a better way of putting it right Absolutely, you can. Yes, sir. And do those have different intensity levels, or is that more like just smoking some grass? It's, it's like smoking, but it's going to hit you a little bit faster than the edibles. Um, the Delta 8 seem to kind of, when I take a good bit of Delta 8, it makes me sleepy, kind of hits heavy for me. What, how about this, though? How this this question for you? If recreational marijuana, what I would just call the THC I've you know grown up with my whole life, if that were to be... Uh, legalized in whatever state you're in, but since we're both in Tennessee, we'll say the state of Tennessee. Would Delta 8 and 9 be a product worth even having, or is this just an alternative because the recreational THC that we're all used to is not legal? Well, the Delta 9 is exactly what you buy in a legal state in Colorado. Um, The Delta 8, so like in Colorado, they're trying to get rid of the Delta 8 just because of cross-contamination. There's no federal regulations on it at all, so... Uh, like the CBD stores can sell it. And if you've ever been up there, you'll see THC stores do not sell CBD and CBD stores do not sell THC. That's the key key from cross contaminations and uh, stand avoid lawsuits and stuff. Okay. So if you go into a dispensary in Colorado, which I have been in, but it's been many years now and I'm imagining the business looks a lot different now than it did five, six years ago. If you walk into a dispensary, they don't have CBD. They just have the Delta nine THC that I'm used to. Yes. And there'll be the CBD store will be across the street. And so if you, if we had recreational laws, federal laws here in Tennessee, would you, would you likely just do that and be the THC and, and away from the CBD or, or, or would you even have you even thought about it? Well, I've definitely thought about it and it's always going to depend on your individual state. They're going to be the one that mandates it. Um, I don't get my hopes up too much. You know, there was a bill coming up a few years ago, and a lot of stores were pushing it, and they didn't read the bill. And so when you actually read the bill, there were only going to be 18 licenses. You had to have $2 million liquid cash available, $85,000 non-refundable uh, application fee. And so that's not the kind of bills we want. You know, we want a bill no. that allows – we want a bill that works for everybody, not just the governor's nephews and stuff. 
Uh, and so you've got to pay attention when they do write these bills and not just jump on it because they're saying legal marijuana. Um, but I, we, we would definitely, if we could fit into that category, we would definitely take that on. And I would still love to continue with the CBD because we're giving a lot of help, especially to some of these older customers, uh, making huge changes in their lives. And I don't think I would give that up. When you said 55 plus, that made me kind of stammer. I was like, really? You're getting that kind of uh, clientele for this kind of product. Absolutely. I mean, they're the ones that have been through life. They've got the aches and pains. They've got, you know, sometimes expendable income. Not many UTC kids have income, have extra income to go spend with you. But, yeah, so they're the ones that are coming in and asking for pain from arthritis. And um, without saying any names, we've got two pain clinics here in town that send patients to us to help alongside with what they're doing. So there's some doctors here in town that are really seeing the benefits of it and are waiting till their opportunity to uh, to be able to help their patients as well. We're not that far behind in those ages, by the way, there, Dwayne. You're just barely. Oh, I, oh, I, <laughs> I know. I think about it a lot. You're just lot. you're just barely behind me as I just turned 43 the other day. Um, you just mentioned when you're talking about these bills that you didn't like the sound of. How much money do you have to have on hand to be if if that bill were to have gone through the state that house? One, that one required two million liquids. So basically, Jesus. you had to have it in, in your bank account, not your house, not a two million dollar house liquid. Two million cash, and does that go to like how a lot of these laws have been, where the FDIC won't uh, insure some of this stuff? It's a cash industry. Is that still a thing? You know, I don't really as far as what well, like like in cash. Colorado, yeah, like in Colorado and some of the other areas where I know at first it was cash only. You couldn't run a card. It was it was a lot of jumping through hoops just to 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 be able to open their doors. Yeah, I think that's kind of got lapsed a little bit. Um, there are certain. The last time I was up there, you were able to use a debit card. You couldn't use a credit card, but you could use a pin debit card. Some places have ATMs in place, and it's you know it's it's it's, it's crazy. So CBD vendors or, or companies here in, in town, everywhere I'm sure, are paying anywhere from five to eight percent tax on credit cards. So every time a customer swaps a Visa, Visa's getting their whatever, and then the the, the bank first data or whoever's doing it they're getting eight percent of that when you go to a retail store it's like less than one one two you know what i mean it's pennies um and so they're just they're they're taking it when they can and calling it a high risk a high risk business and get, getting us for everything they can well this is the problem when the the federal law won't just come in and say we're going to blanket this across the country and make federal laws when all the states get to do these these you know backwards idiot states get to make up all their decisions i mean i'm a states rights guy in some things but i mean this is why it's such a disaster especially on the border states right 100 percent, absolutely it is states rights but at the same time like there's you know they're just straight taking advantage yeah yeah my brother lives in nashville and you know he's in his you know 40s plus now too and you know to get a bag of weed isn't the easiest thing to do anymore but you can drive up to illinois and yeah. but I mean, at the law, but it's still, you know, bre- breaking an arm trying to because of, I can't remember what the stories were. But if we could just blanket this thing, make some more understandable laws so our law enforcement knows how to handle. That's what my next question is. Are you having any people having issues with um, I mean, these buds that are just CBDs are smell like amazing, just like illegal, you know, in Tennessee. A marijuana would be here. Are you seeing any people having issues with that in law enforcement? In Tennessee, Chattanooga, Eastridge, no, not at all. Um, the police officers here have been amazing. Um, we invited them to our shop. We have an open door policy for them to come in. We actually have a few that shop with us, believe it or not. Um, but if you tag on over, in the, if you take our products over to North Georgia, 
Raw Steel, um, Ring Gold, they're going to tag you, and you're going to get in trouble for that. Oh, yeah, North Georgia. It's like another country uh, there. I'll let you go here in um, just a minute. There was somebody here who just happened to be underneath the new administration. I won't name any names except for the mayor himself uh, of the county, uh, Weston Womp. His uh, his uh, chief somebody staff, they found a, a jar of a bud in the back of his car seat, and there's a police video on it, and he said it was CBD. Yeah, bro, because we all buy CBD and then dump it in a mason jar. You know, I mean, I'm sure you could. You'd have to argue it in court. But, like, we tell all of our customers, leave it, leave the package sealed, keep your receipt. And if you get pulled over, and we've had a few get pulled over, and the customers come back and say, oh, you got it from Hemp House? No worries. I mean, if you're a legit business and operating under the way you're supposed to, um, they, they understand what we're doing. And they, they take care of it. They Most cops that I've had conversations with won't weed to be legal because it's just a hassle for them. They yeah. don't want to pull people. It's a lost resource. There's, too much you know, work. They don't want to spend resources on that. Yeah, it's work, it's work that's not needed. It's taken away from things they could be doing. So what you're saying, Dwayne, is that if you happen to be a senior advisor under one of the uh, local politicians, don't buy CBD and dump it in a mason jar. That's probably not a good idea. Probably not a good idea. I'll mention no names, Davis Lundy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no more, no more, no more. Uh, last two real quick. In your lifetime... Meaning, I don't know, between now and your retirement age, do you see this recreationally being legalized? Okay, cut out at retirement age. What was that? Meaning, in the next 20 years, do you see recreational being uh, legalized in the state of Tennessee, if you were just taking a guess? I'm going to have to. I really do. Um, What we're seeing here, so they're actually in Tennessee looking at trying to ban uh, the Delta 8 and the THCA flower that we have. What my response to that is, we have these 50-plus-year-old customers that are getting true medical relief from it. So their constituents are going to light this place up if you take away it. And we lost them. Hold on. Hold on. I think I can get them back. Let's see. All right. See, we've got you back here on the line. One last thing. So you just just mentioned it. Let's let's forget the recreational part. How about the um, just the medical? We're still we're still not cleared for medical in this day, right? No, we're not. We're not clear for medical at all. Um, and that would be what you would, that would normally be the first step they take. That's uh, looking at all the other states that have approved it. They do the medical program first. Yeah, there's only 11 states left that don't do this medically, and we're one of them. Jesus Christ, man. Well, we'll be talking about those other 10, wishing we were them over the next few years, I'm sure. Probably. Hey, Dwayne, man, have a big time this weekend at the new store in Hickson, and thank you so much for taking a few minutes of your time with me. Always a good time, Brian. I appreciate you calling. All right, man. Happy 420, buddy. Thanks. Happy 420. See you, bye. All right. That was fun. I haven't done a phoner, as we call them, in quite some time. Uh, so, yes, do not take more than like a quarter or a half of a gummy of a Delta 8, 9, or any other, for that matter, until you know for sure what it is. Don't be a dummy like me and take two of them and ruin about a day. Well, we'll say, actually, yeah, about 24 hours of your life. Don't be like me. Be like the smart people and get high the right way. All right, shifting gears to stories that not just maybe I shouldn't tell, a story I absolutely should tell. And speaking of getting high, sometimes people have problems with that when it comes to certain substances. And there is a drug that's been out for a long time, but now a designer shot, monthly shot, called Vivitrol that might help with these. Or maybe not. Or I don't know. I guess it just depends on who you ask. What is Vivitrol? I'll get to that next.
Now back to more Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stoneonair.com. The findings raise eyebrows, and not everyone agrees. How could alcohol possibly cause more harm than hardcore narcotics? It's a matter of numbers and availability. Alcohol is legal, socially acceptable, and it's everywhere. About 1 in 12 adults in the U.S. abuse alcohol or are dependent on it. Despite this report, though, there is hope. I've never felt better, probably never looked better. Innovative treatments for alcoholism, like this injectable drug called Vivitrol, taken once a month. It's able to cut down the desire to drink by blocking neurotransmitters in the brain associated with making you feel high. My whole life revolved around drinking. Doctors say medications like these have already helped tens of thousands of people like this woman, people who have a problem that may be more destructive than we ever thought. Yeah, speaking of Frankenstein, it is the Black Crows and Rainy Day Women from the Hempelation compilation back in the mid-90s. Of course, Bob Dylan's tune. Yeah, the Stone on Air Newsmaker line sounds pretty good. Haven't used it in a while. I'll have Nick Lutzko on said Newsmaker line next week. At least I hope. That's the initial in pencil schedule for the final Thursday of the best month of the year. So this segment's a little different than what it's been and a little different from what the rest of the show has been. Still talking about drugs, just a different kind of drug. And I wasn't necessarily planning on doing this until I found that rejoin talking about this Vivitrol. And when I said, speaking of Frankenstein, uh, like a Franken-butt, a Frankenstein designer drug that is primarily for, initially was designed for opioids and opiates and probably certain types of meth addictions and heroin and all this hardcore stuff. And uh, one of these movies we watched, the recovery movies, was about getting the shot so she would not still have the cravings for heroin. All right, shelve that. I've never done heroin, and I don't have a drug problem. So um, I'm not sure how it works in that sense. But so for stories maybe I shouldn't tell, we'll see how long this lasts and where I might or might not go with it, I'm not sure. But I did plan on doing this as one of these eventually, and I figured today was just as good as any. This Vivitrol shot at what was originally a daily pill of something called, it starts with an N. We'll find out here in a minute when I play a couple pieces of audio that I found online. But when we were in the um, treatment center, I was there for three weeks. Every day there is a calendar, a list, a schedule that is very specific. And there about two or three times a week, at least two, there's a block that has a rotating name in it. And because the block on the schedule, just think you're looking at like a concert poster, like a schedule of Bonnaroo or something. And they have things in the little boxes. And you can't fit every word in there. Same deal on this. And one of them was a rotation of Vivitrol, finances. Another one was some kind of healthy uh, nutrition. One of them was nutrition and something else. It was So once a month, a different, what is basically a disguised salesman comes in to give what is also still good life advice and options for people who are, generally speaking, in this setting, 
without a lot of options, or at least are low option types. So, like, when the financial guy came in, he was not really prepared for what he was going to be doing because he didn't, I don't think he really knew. He could tell he was kind of new at what he was doing as far as speaking to a room full of addicts and mostly a bunch of people who don't have any money. That's pretty close to literal. I mean, there were several of us that that were not in that boat, but I would say two-thirds of the room quite literally had, like, no money, let alone any kind of financial plan or any definitely no um, uh, long-term retirement, any of that kind of stuff. I'm not trying to be belittling. I'm just giving you the, the, the realities of the room that we were in. I love talking finances. I love talking financial planning. I used to work for a financial talk show and co- and and guest host the show oftentimes. And many times it was some of my favorite content that I would do because it's it's not difficult, but people act like it is. So anyway, this guy comes in and he's just kind of like, so anybody got any questions on IRA, Roth IRAs, annuities? And like, and then, you know, looking around like, the hell are you talking about, bro? <laughs> like, I'm trying to kick uh, fentanyl over here. You know, I don't really have a thought on an annuity. And so I could see the struggle from a presentation standpoint. And um, and these things, these these blocks of time, they don't get, you know, just scratched out because nobody wants to be involved. You have to do it. It's part of the schedule of the curriculum, if you will. And so I just said, you know what, just for the sake of it, let's just let's just pepper this guy. Let's talk interest rates. Let's talk uh, CDs. Let's talk uh, the Fed. Let's talk the pros and cons from annuities and Roth IRAs and matching 401ks. All this stuff that is technically pretty easy, and uh, but to many people it is somewhat confusing. Same kind of thing was happening with this guy who came in as a pharmaceutical rep, except people's were able people in the group were able to identify with this because they had seen a movie about it. They had heard other people talk about it. This shot, uh, what is it again? Vivitrol. And I'll tell you about my interactions with him first after a couple of pieces I found here online. First of all, what exactly is this shot, Vivitrol? Vivitrol is a form of medication called naltrexone, which has been used to treat substance abuse for decades. The important difference is naltrexone is a pill. Vivitrol is a shot. And that's very, very helpful in some people who um, can't take a pill. Compliance is an issue. And uh, the issue with uh, people who are struggling with addiction, if you, if you want to drink or if you want to use opiates, you just don't take the pill. So this addressed the, the uh, serious complication of non-compliance, and you can't stop uh, a once-a-month uh, injection. So we see better outcomes versus the, uh, the daily pill. Okay, so I'm going to stop right there with audio for, uh, and, and expand on that a little bit. So the guy comes in, he's taught, first of all, brings in two boxes of Krispy Kremes. Beware the pharmaceutical rep that's feeding you. But he starts talking about this pill. That is, it's a 20-year-old, way over 20-year-old, long, patent-gone medication that he, I find out later, has zero interest in you having anything to do with. He's trying to sell this Vivitrol shot. And it is a once a month, just like you heard there, it's literally blocking neuroreceptors in your brain to certain chemicals and this is more for the opioids and opiates and heroin. And so that's a big, like, whoa, what? 
And, you know, a question I didn't even think about asking it, someone else did. What happens if I need a high debt level of morphine because I have my arm amputated or I'm, you know, I get into a big wreck and then I've, I'm taking this shot that won't allow these medications that I need. And that's a real legitimate question. And he addressed that. And there's cards you can carry on you. You can wear a wristband that says I take Vivitrol. Very weird stuff to me. Um, at no point did I even for a second consider this drug. It is literally chemically changing your brain. And so we're talking here. And he says that if you take this shot, you will no longer feel the high of these drugs. You will not get drunk. And he kind of misspoke a little absolute matter-of-factly and I, I immediately called him out very respectfully. I don't raise my hand or got his attention one way or another and said, listen, what you're telling me is, is I take this shot and then I will no longer feel the effects of alcohol. I will not get drunk. And he said, basically, yes. And I said, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be disrespectful. I don't believe you. This is a chemical a liquid that is absorbed into your body quickly that will change your uh, sensory and everything about you, whether you are feeling the high or not. So his point was, as he, as I'll paraphrase, and I don't even remember what he said, but it, the gist of it was, is that this stuff really just makes you not feel like that, that ex excitement. Yes, you'll get drunk, of course. Your body can't not get drunk when you flood it with alcohol but you won't be tempted to drink more. Like when it's last call at a ball game and I've got half a beer left, but I run and go buy two more. Oh God, I can't not, I can't be without a beer. Like he's saying that those kinds of behaviors might be tamed, or at least that's what they're thinking. I still call a little bunk on that, but at least he did say, you're right. You will get drunk, but it just, man, it's difficult for me to believe in and it's certainly it's not difficult for me to say no it's very very simple for me to say there's no chance i'm touching this drug this is one of their just uh, somebody who's a um uh, probably a paid for hey uh advocate for this drug my experience with vivitrol has been a very wonderful it's a once a month shot that i've been taking i'm i would be lying if i said i don't have cravings but the cravings are very far, few and, and far between, and they're very minor. That's the kicker, you know, where I'm not obsessing about, you know, the next drink. I'm not obsessing, you know, okay, five o'clock's coming. I get, I'm getting off work. I'm gonna, I can go have a drink. I don't have those cravings anymore. I think there's a little bit of a placebo effect to here, too, that people have this shot. They feel like that now, oh, you know, hey, it's working. And if that if that is a method that works, that's good too. There is a certain level of placebo effect if you tell yourself it's true, as long as you're not doing something too crazy. That if that's working, then that's that's good. Um, again, I don't know who that Yahoo was, but after the presentation, I got a one on one with the pharmaceutical rep and got a real understanding of what he was actually trying to sell. And I'll tell you more about that after this final cut I have here. Of course, with all drugs, no matter what they are and what they're for, there's always side effects, and that's no different here with Vivitrol. 
we also talk about the side effects, of course, that could happen with a naltrexone injection. And those are the same as for the oral naltrexone, and that can be some nausea. It can also be some diarrhea or any kind of type of stomach or GI issues, and also can um, sometimes cause a little bit of a headache. There's also a very small risk that it could increase depression or suicidality. And then the last one that's very different from taking the oral medication and taking the injection is an injection site reaction. And so what can happen often after the injection, it's a pretty big injection. It's four milliliters. And so that can be a lot of fluid for your muscle to absorb. And so sometimes that area can get warm or feel really painful for a couple of days afterwards. So nothing too shocking there as far as the uh, the side effects or potential side effects are concerned. But the shot itself, she just kind of mentioned it, but she didn't even go as far as to the level that I had read and been told during the time of this presentation and other people who knew a little bit about it is that this fluid, this medication is not as fine, if that's the right way of putting it, it's not as thin as just water, as just a liquid. It's Now, I don't think it's like gel, but it's a thicker consistency than just like running water. And it's however many milliliters she just said. And from what many people have said, I've read online and people in the room who knew people have done it said it hurts like hell. It hurts like hell and it stays sore and it stays hurting for a while. And you do this thing every month and it cannot be reversed. It's in your body, whether you like it or not, once you've done it. Now, the difference between that and what had been used for years and years and years and years was the one a day long patentless now generic medication called naltrazidine or whatever they called it, which you could easily also do would give you the same effects and you could start and stop it whenever you want. But I didn't quite notice it as he was given the presentation other than to go back and retrospect and think about it. The only thing he mentioned about the pills were ways to kind of say this archaic and, you know, basically pushing you away from the pills. I want to sell you the shot. I picked up on this again, retrospectively, Later on, he would mention that if, hey, you know, you were taking the pill, but then maybe your friend was coming in town this weekend, you just stop taking the pill. And now you can go get drunk and you'll feel the high or something along those lines. And then he just moved along. Well, when I asked him after the presentation in a one-on-one, I said, well, let's uh, let's just talk dollars and cents here. How much does the pill cost in comparison to the shot? Well, his response was something along the lines of, well, the shot, or excuse me, the pill is a long-time old medication uh, generic. And the, uh, the, the shot is brand new, you know, innovative scientific uh, discovery or something along those lines. So he's still trying to really pump up the sale of this shot. And so I said, okay, so that means the pill is like five bucks, right? It's, if it's just a general patent running, you know, patent expired American drug, it's like $5. If you have good insurance, it's five or less. If you have crappy insurance, it might be 10. Like this stuff doesn't cost any amount of money. The Vivitrol, however, he will give you on the spot if you ask a $500 voucher going towards your insurance premium on blah, 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 blah. And that was like, oh, beep, 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 back it up, back it up, throw the flag, throw the, throw the warning flag, throw the f- penalty flag. I'm done. 
I'm no, I now know why you're here. You're not here to sell this pill. You're here to sell this shot because you got major bonuses in here or something along those lines. And I just, I didn't call him out or anything. I just said, okay, thank you very much. See you later. Bye. And so if this happens to come up, if you're talking to anybody thinking about trying to stop whatever drug it might be, this is not just for alcohol, and this becomes an option for them, I would say to you or to anybody you hear of, give them the advice to look into this very, very deeply because it is turning off portions of your brain so that they no longer work. I, I Now, it's for the benefit of your addiction to, to get the high neutralized. I understand that. And it's, I guess, with the best intentions. But really, you want to kick a substance abuse issue by potentially, maybe not permanently, but at least indefinitely rearranging the neuroreceptors in your brain. Do we really want to do that? And the answer for me, of course, was immediately, absolutely, I do not. So Vivitrol, that is today's story that not maybe I shouldn't tell. Today's story, I absolutely should tell. And uh, that'll wrap up the show for today. I am 59 days sober today on 420 on Thursday of this glorious afternoon, day, morning, night, whenever it is you're listening. I did my math wrong. I, I'm going to an AA meeting tonight at my treatment center, and I will not be asking for a 60-day chip one day early. I will speak out loud and say I'm 59 days, and that means you'll guarantee to see me next week so I can pick up that 60-day chip. I'm dead serious when I say every day it gets easier, and it's actually there's a, a, a level of pride that I carry with the idea, the thought to myself, that I don't need meetings. I don't need drugs. I don't need counseling. I don't need coaching. Now, I think at some point I'm going to maybe need some of those things, occasionally here and there, but they're not necessary at this moment, almost now two months in, and uh, that makes me happy. So drug-free USA, except for it's 420, and where's that grass? Where's that glass pipe at? About time for one of those. Hell, it's still daylight out, man. This is insane. I've got a whole evening. I can make dinner, watch TV, and smoke some grass on 420. Maybe not in that order, or maybe so. I don't know. Thank you so much for finding the show. We'll do it again next week. Hopefully, unless he bails, he told me he's going to do it. Nick Lutzko will be my guest on the Stone on Air podcast on April 27th. I have been dying to meet up and catch up with... Uh, and we'll do it on the phone, so I won't be meeting up with him. But I've been dining to play some catch-up with Nick Let's Go, and that'll happen on the show next week. So have a great weekend, however you celebrate 420 and Earth Day and Record Store Day. Enjoy yourself, and uh, we'll talk again next week. Later. Bye. Well, I, I feel so all alone.